Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Fanatic Radio World Cup Show, our third episode from uh, Copa Mundial on America's premier sports music program, Fanatic Radio. I'm your host, Mike Gardner. Join with me today, a very special guest, John Gardner, sits in as we are two brothers tackling the World Cup week number three. <laughs> So the third episode of our World Cup show, we have a very exciting show for you. We talked some round of 16 knockout stage so far. Half the bracket has been set after matches from the past two days, including today's, in which uh, two very exciting matches occurred and then two very boring matches occurred. That's always a tough thing with the with the third game. The first game, it seems sort of getting the jitters out. First game of the World Cup, a lot of excitement, a lot of emotion. Second, a lot of teams before let's just say, less than stellar. And then third games, basically, they're the threat that just, just doesn't care to knock us on the air. John Gardner, thoughts on today's uh, today's games today? Which one was your favorite? Um, I mean, there, that's a tough one, Michael. I think, honestly, there's a couple that were really good. I, I mean, to be fair, I, I think that even the 0-0 games are, are fun to watch just on a tactical basis. You know, you get to, you get to enjoy a little bit more of that. As opposed to the scoring, you really get to see how two teams sort of play it out. Um, but to answer your question, probably probably the, the Uruguay game. That game was exciting, and the Greece one. I, I mean, I watched both games that I watched um, were exciting. I didn't see the Costa Rican one. I was actually in the middle of watching that before uh, you called me to take part in this wonderful opportunity. And then I still have the uh, Japan game to watch tonight, but. No, I thought that Uruguay game was really exciting. That's probably my favorite. All right, that gets to our first topic. Uh, Uruguay won one zero, thus knocking Italy out. First time since the 60s that Italia has failed to make the round of 16 two consecutive World Cups just to drop the overused ESPN stats. Mainly a late one of the, in my opinion, the most the most overrated team in the entire tournament because basically everyone. And that by means Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Fox Soccer, basically just used the team that went to the finals of the Euro Cup and copy and pasted them in the World Cup thinking that this team would do the exact same. That was not the case. Italy was slow. They were lazy. They barely, the, only, the only reason why they won the game is because England was just as bad. Ended up losing 1-0, so Uruguay advances, round of 16. 
But uh, so the surprise story, what, what was more surprising is the fact that both European teams in Group D did not advance or that Costa Rica won the group? Probably Costa Rica winning the group because on paper it just does not look – they just did not have a sliver of hope, I think, when the draw came out. And I think a lot of people felt that way. I mean, people were – one guy I read today, apparently some English guy – he bet five pounds on Costa Rica winning the group, and he's won like three thousand pounds because he said, you know, they would they would fare a bit better in the weather. I don't really necessarily believe that. I just think, you know, sometimes if you get if you get like belief and things come together and fall into place. I mean, great things can happen. You see it in other sports, and certainly in the World Cup. There's a lot more that goes into sort of. The, the matches, the preparation, the, the drama and the spectacle, and I think sometimes you get, get involved in that and you capture that sort of belief, you can go really far, which they obviously did. They took the Netherlands approach because they went out of their first game, 3-1, the 3-1 beat Uruguay, right? That was their first game. So they pretty much got their toughest opponent on paper-wise out of the way. Because England was just... Was just struggling to get there. They're looking. They're looking ahead because they're one of the youngest squads ever for the new coach. Italy, that team. If you just if you don't let Botelli get the ball, that team does nothing. And it definitely showed today. I would have to say the two European teams not advancing because Costa Rica. I said I said on the main show at Fanatic Radio several weeks ago, Costa Rica would be a threat. That is a real group of death. The fact that Costa Rica was the only team that single-handedly kicked the crap out of the United States during Concacaf qualifying. And I'm mad if they advanced, but but nevertheless, they will face Greece in the round of 16. We'll get to that in just a minute. Big, a big story from that game, though, uh, and that has John Gardner ablaze in fury is many are accusing your boy Luis Suarez of biting Mr. Cellini, the Italian defender. Several videos and photos have been uh, leaked on the Internet, which includes Cellini with bite marks in his shoulder blade John Gardner, defend your boy that he did not and should not be punished by FIFA. First off, I mean, unless, like, unless Keeling is blown up Instagram with his, uh, um, you know, with his shoulder bites. I mean, I don't know. Like, to be fair, and to be, as, as we talked about kind of earlier today, I just don't, I don't see the fact that, first off, that he has, okay, he's been accused of this, but... I mean, will FIFA really take action? I don't think so. Of course so. not. Just on the strength that it's it's almost like it's, it's going to be, it's just like any kind of case. It's going to be tied up for a long time. We can't jump to conclusions. And, and again, like we talked about today, people are going to be like, oh, he's got to control himself, the heat of the moment. First off, the people that make those kind of comments have never played in a competitive, realistically, like, World Cup-esque competitive environment. They've never been in a, in a World Cup match or in a match where it was a do or die and high school basketball doesn't count and high school football doesn't count. Like, this is a World Cup, this is a World Cup group stage. The biggest stage on earth. Yeah, it's, the, it's probably the most, it's probably one of the biggest biggest games, biggest sporting events on earth. And, and, and to be fair for Uruguay, it was, it was do or die. It's that Italy game, winner, winner advance. Yeah, it was do or die. Russia blood ahead, some things happened. I mean, to be fair, like there was a lot of other things that went in, that went in, that went on 
Keeley certainly didn't help his case during that game. Every time he got touched, dropped to the floor. <laughs> Cody O'Hitley did that thousands of times. Yeah, you know, straight, straight red and straight red including. At least shot themselves in the foot. Because as far as case, we talked about this earlier before the show. Um, we have no idea if he bit the guy or not. You know, first of all, it wasn't blatant. It wasn't like what he did against Ivanovich and Chelsea, and we just straight up just, just went after the guy's arm. This was could it be the only person that really knows if he bit the guy or not is Luis Suarez himself. For all we know, and, and it was on the corner. For all we know, he could have ran into the guy because <laughs> he's got the, he's got the, he's got those big ass buck teeth. Which, by the way, when he scored against England in his celebration, he looked he is the goofiest guy in football. <laughs> I'm telling you, and and, the, and it's just I don't know like. It, it'll get, and this goes back to ESPN. They love controversy. Suarez is like the brim of controversy. They just needed something to talk about. And, it, I mean, fair enough, like, this has happened. But ESPN will drag this out until the World Cup final. Until, honestly, until Uruguay gets knocked out. And even after. People will be like, after, after Uruguay, however far they get, they get knocked out. Probably will be like, now, did Suarez's bite? Should shouldn't your life even made this far? Suarez did Chiellini, like Chiellini. He will go. They will use that as an. They will use that as an excuse. They they could they could get all the way to the finals and lose, and they will still use that as an excuse because ESPN loves to just hang on to controversy, and that is like their their absolute favorite favorite thing that comes out of any game is any controversial situation that they can latch onto and just suck the life out of the entire tournament. That's what they're going to go off of. Especially today, considering the other side of that bracket, England and, and, Costa, and Costa Rica didn't even score. A couple of chances, though. I think Daniel Sturridge hit the crossbar a few times. Uh, yeah, sad, sad for, shout out to our England fans out there. Uh, I feel bad. I'm really guys, upset. What's the tournament without England in, in the knockout stages? England scored, I believe, one goal in the one goal of this entire World Cup campaign. Oh, they scored, they scored two. Oh, Wayne it was Wayne Rooney's goal and Daniel Sturridge's goal. The only two goals. Uh, yeah, also I want to give a Fnac Radio salute to Stephen Jordan and Frank Lampard, who possibly played their final World Cup matches today. Speaking of guys that played their final World Cup matches today, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, uh, and, and continuing the ESPN uh, trend of trying to keep stories uh, drawn out as possible. The only reason why they picked up on the Suarez story is because the majority of the games were very were zero zero snoozers in the first half and then one team just turned it up in the second half and took advantage. We saw it with Brazil smashing Croatia or Brazil smashing Cameroon and Mexico actually trying in a do or die situation. But today in the most recent game so far in the World Cup final was Ivory Coast and Greece. In which the Greeks, and John Gardner, you've seen the Greeks play, they've uh, advanced and will face Costa Rica on June 29th by scoring two goals. Two goals and getting four points. They lost their first game against, uh, yeah, against Colombia, tied Japan, and then the only two goals that they scored proved to be the deciding factor against Kyrie Coast today, in which a penalty was given in the last kick of the game and uh, the Greeks won 2-1, thus spoiling Ivory Coast's quote-unquote perfect uh, or golden generation of soccer players from advancing to the round of 16. Three World Cups and zero quarterfinal appearances, or zero knockout appearances for our boy Didier Drogba. Your thoughts on the game? 
Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm just absolutely crushed for two reasons. The first one, I really wanted to see this this Ivory Coast team at least get to the knockout stages. I I mean, ESPN's harped on this for a very long time, and to be fair, though, like they've they've never they've just never they've never won anything. They've never won anything in Africa. They've been so close so many times, and this is I think what will always go down as the team that just the little engine that just could but couldn't really succeed. They, they've gotten so close, and it would have just been fitting for them to really get to the knockout stage. I think if they would have gotten to the knockout stage, you never know what could happen. They could definitely get Costa Rica a good game. But Greece, I mean, like I said, I've seen Greece play. At the beginning of the tournament, I was rooting for them, but then after their performance, I was like, I don't want Greece to advance because they're just they're not – they're just a stubborn team to play against. They're a boring team to watch if you're a neutral. I enjoy watching them for, from a tactical aspect. Like they're very, very disciplined defensively. And they're really, they're, they're a tough team to break down. But they're just not like for the for the neutral and for the fan that loves attacking football. They're just not the team. They're not the team support. You just it's like watching pain guy. But I'm just so disappointed because I just don't think the referee team. I think it's such a tough call. It wasn't. It wasn't as blatant. It wasn't as blatant as it made it out to be. I really don't think so. I just don't. I don't see the referee. I couldn't see a referee making that decision. Like well, he, he, he's he's literally given a penalty in a ninety-second minute on a thing that wasn't. It was. It was. It was a. a it was a tough tackle. Yeah, you, it could go either way. I just don't see a referee doing that. He's had a time. He's had time to think about it as well. I just don't see why he just decided to give a penalty. That's just poor. First of all, that guy shouldn't even try to tackle him. What a dumb move. That was a stupid decision by that. By oh, dude, 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 the guy ran into him. It was a soul bomber just ran into the guy. No, hey, one thing, if, 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 when, 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 when was it Samius or whatever his name is, if he would have shot it, it would not have gone in. Because he was know, shooting like, in a wall of green shirts. What a stupid move. Like, that was just the dumbest thing. Completely stupid decision. I, I mean... Oh, what was going through that guy's head? You just want to slap him. <laughs> just, yeah, because yeah, with, 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 with a tie. With a tie, it would have gone through. It makes you something. I, I 100% agree with you. Because the next round is it's, it's Croatia or it's Costa Rica versus Greece. And we love Greece, you know, kind of. I mean, I, I've never seen a Greece play. You've seen Greece play, so you obviously know a lot more than I do. But round of 16 yeah. would have been great. Because, you know, the one thing I love about the Ivory Coast team is they always – they're, 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 they're probably one of the best second... Next to the United States, they're probably one of the best second-half teams I have ever seen. Do nothing in the first half, and then all of a sudden, when the, when the second 45 minutes just, just clicks, Didier Drogba shines, Trevino shines, both the Torres shine, you know, they, they become a completely different team. And they did all they could, but yet they couldn't play defense. And then, of course, this team had a better chance of beating Costa Rica than Greece. Because how how does Greece even contain Costa Rica? How I mean, Greece will just sit in and just defend for ninety minutes and counterattack. It's not going to be pretty at all. And I'm telling you, if you're a if you're a fan of good, exciting, attacking football, you're not going to see it tomorrow. You're not going to see it when they play. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So that that was, that was close. Um, Close up the games that already had to happen. Yeah, true. Uh, it's yeah, also so going to be frustrating. Go ahead. It's frustrating. Oh, it's going to be frustrating too because Costa Rica gets to the quarterfinals. 
and it's it's just not right. It's not right. Chris Reeve shouldn't even be in the knockout season. That's what I said. It should be England. <laughs> <laughs> Should be England. No. Well, speaking of, speaking of knockout stages, uh, the team that is just in the bracket above them is it's the it's the Netherlands and our good friends in Mexico. So two Concacaf teams are within 90 minutes of possibly facing each other again, which I think it would be a slap in the face to the United States if we don't advance and these two clowns advance. Because one, and I went on a rant about this the other day when I was when I was talking to you, John, because it proves how serious how w- w- how serious we take Concacaf qualifying. Because you know we go all out. You know we we resurrect Donovan from the ashes, and we we get all these players to join us. And Jurgen Clinton is preaching, you know, how we should just go and just just kick everyone to the curb. And we need to win these games. We we we, we drum everything up. How we need to beat. Jamaica and, and Kansas City have to do it or we won't win the CONCACAF. And so there's a Costa Rica and Mexico. We have Mexico barely gets in all because of Graham Zuzzi and Anna Hansen down in Panama. So both these from Mexico just, you know, half-asses their way through qualifying. And yet, easy to all, and then when it comes down to an easy draw on both these teams in the round of 16, where hypothetically, and knock on wood, if anything on happens Thursday, the United States may not even advance. And it makes me so bad. I mean, it is frustrating, but again, it kind of goes back to that point where it's it's part of uh, it's just part of the World Cup. I I agree with you. It's really frustrating because think about it. I mean, yeah, it it seems unfair and it seems frustrating. I think it's it's it really it's it's not. I mean, it wouldn't it's not bad for us because I think. The better you, I think, the better you qualify, and if you take qualifying seriously, and you really like go through it. I know, I understand like what you mean, and I understand kind of like what you what no, you're saying. Tough, you, know, you, you can't you can't hang on Clinton for wanting to make our team better. But then no, you know, but it's just like, it's just luck on side. No, but I, I think you know you should always take qualifying seriously. I, I feel that if you don't go in to a qualifying campaign and you do what Mexico has done, and you kind of just like you know, you did like horse around and like uh, half ass your way through qualifying. Exactly what they did. They had so they lost Jamaica. The what? So they lost to Jamaica. That's just how serious they took it. Exactly. Like if you go into a qualifying campaign and not like ready to go and not rearing to you know if you if you don't take it seriously you may not qualify. And Mexico are in by the game of their teeth, and like, and everybody will tell you, and I think a lot of people will agree that they're Mexico are very, very lucky, and like Alejandro Palomo said, they are, they have even the jazz that have taken it with the full six day, like they're so, you know, he's really excited because Mexico has been given a new, they've been given new life, and realistically, that's the way you look at it, but it, you know, if it might not have qualified, it's, we're only looking at it in hindsight, and oh wow, they really, like, kicked around their campaign, I mean, they, you know, they got lucky, they got very lucky to qualify. And I think, like, you know, in another given day, another chance, maybe maybe they don't qualify. So, no, I, I don't think you, we should ever take an approach where we shouldn't qu- try to qualify or we should just, like, take it easy. We need to get, you know, the sooner you get through and qualifying, the better off it is for the coaching staff because they can go through and look at other players, gives you more more preparation. You don't have to worry about stuff. Like, it's 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 better to just – it's better to get it taken care of early than to be at the last minute – trying and hoping and praying that you guys can get a result in New Zealand or go get a result in 
I don't know, like wherever else you would have to go, Bahrain or something like that. It's like it's Trinidad. Yeah. They went to they'd go to Bahrain. So yeah, I think like you you try to you, you go about it in a professional manner and you take care of your business. But I mean, no, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't like I wouldn't recommend just having a having a hootenanny out there. Yeah, yeah. My brother John Gardner from Hack Radio World Cup episode number three. And eight of the sixteen teams are now officially locked and ready to compete for the single single elimination part of the bracket. Yet tomorrow we have a slate of as uh John Champion says, tasty games, including uh Argentina, Argentina, Nigeria, Bosnia Herzegovina, Iran. I think Nigeria advances regardless. Does Nigeria advance regardless? Um, I don't think so. No, I think there's, no, there's no, there's no do or there's no do or die situation in Group F. It's not like today where, where whoever wins advances. Looking at it now, because Argentina is six, Nigeria is four. I think if Iran, if I, the only thing is if Iran wins. I think Nigeria still advances because they have a better goal differential. But apparently, if, not, if Iran wins 2-0 and Nigeria loses, Iran goes through. So no, no drama there. Group E, Group E though, there is a there is a potential do or die. I think with yeah, Switzerland. I mean, yep. Uh, Ecuador plays France. Switzerland plays Honduras. If Switzerland beats Honduras and Ecuador loses to France, but Das Svis are going through. So, out of that group, who would you want to see as the second place team, Ecuador or Switzerland? Oh, Switzerland. Switzerland for okay. sure. I don't want to see. I don't want to see qualify. Ecuador to me is not. It's the Swiss are a good team, and I think the Swiss. I don't want to see. I don't want to see any more South American teams in there. I've I've had enough with South American teams because it, people are only going to people are going to go. Oh, there's a South American tournament. Like South America is going to win. No, I I don't want to see like South America is good. Don't get me wrong. But I would like to see a host of European teams in there as well. I think Switzerland are a good team. Switzerland, to me, despite getting drummed by France, they are a good team. They're a very good and talented team, and I think deserve better than what they've been sort of credited with. I would easily say that. I don't. I don't think for a minute that. Um, yeah, I don't think for a minute you could you could say that they're not a good team. I would much rather see Switzerland, and I would love. I would love to see. I would love to see the Iran Bosnia game be a really exciting game. I don't know, it's tough it because my heart my heart's set on Nigeria. I it's not so much as set on Nigeria, it's just that again I have a close connection with Nigeria. Um but you, saw, I, you I saw them hope, play as well to a you saw them play as well to a momentous nil nil draw. Well I did. Well I was also I was working with them, so I know a lot of their people and their staff and the players and stuff like that. So I mean it would be great for them to go through. But again, they're another team that's just so frustrating to watch. I really wanted Bosnia to get to the this group, and the teams that are. Really it, was, it was their first. It was their first time into the World Cup. Yeah, but I think they had a better shot of getting out of this group. I think for themselves, they set themselves up. For, they they set themselves up pretty highly to get to advance and go far in this tournament. They they have a good team. Again, another prime example of a team that just didn't get just didn't get right. It's un, it's unlucky and it's unfortunate, and that's why football's so cruel. Look at Ivory Coast. Great, great, great crop and group of players just didn't get it right. Look at Spain. She didn't get it right. England didn't get it right. You know, Bosnia and the she just didn't get it right. And the teams that you know that we that we associate with uh, uh, 
teams that will struggle, like cakewalk sides, oh, they're not going to get through or starting to come, come to the fold. Coach Rico, they're getting it right. They've gotten it right. They've found what works. And what, do you, what do you mean by, when you say what, what do you mean for the fans out there? What do you mean when you say uh, for a director, director, technical gardener, senior gardener, when you say getting it right, is it coaching? Is it lineups? Is it just sort of team atmosphere? Because obviously the best team so far I've seen in the World Cup was when uh, I think Univision showed footage of a Honduras team dancing with Samba Girls, and, and uh, our dad uh, made the funny comment, oh, they're getting prepared. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to say because honestly, it, I mean, getting it right it can mean various. It can mean a host of things. Some teams get the tactics right; they play really well together tactically. They're they're disciplined, they're organized. They break teams down. They defend really well, and they and they can they can break on the counter. Sometimes getting it right means that the belief in the atmosphere and just the the overall just morale of the team. I think. Some 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 squad, some group of players and, and, and guys. Just the camp is in a good atmosphere. People are excited to be there. They they feel like once they get a game under their belt, once you get a good result, you get, it's contagious. I mean, for Costa Rica, I think had they gone two 0 down against Uruguay, I would say their tournament's over. But they they they've drawn level, then they scored, and then they scored again. They just they somehow some way they really just turned and upset the whole balance of the game. And from that, they've grown in confidence. They're thinking, hey, we can, we can do this. They've gone into an Italy game. They've played defensive, and they've scored on a really, really nice, well-worked goal. But then they've sat back and defended, and they've frustrated people. And, and sometimes you get tactics right. Sometimes it's, it's the team morale. Sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes it's, it's, it's honestly just luck and taking advantage of the opportunities that you've been given. Georgia Samurai could have missed today. He could have, he could have I thought he was. I thought, I, thought, I, thought the goalie, I thought the goalie was going to save it. I thought he was going to save it, too. But, that know, was the biggest, kick, biggest kick of his life. Send, sends Greece to their first <laughs> round of 16, and they'll never do it again. Best team so far that you've seen that has implemented all of that. Because we've mentioned, we, before on past episodes, we've mentioned how your boys from the Netherlands are doing. France has, has ripped through people like wet tissue paper. Das, Joss Ubermeister and penalty Machinas for the United States play on Thursday. They look like the best team. Best team you've seen so far in the World Cup. Das Übermacht penalty machine is. I mean, I'm still sticking with Germany as my as my team because I think they are undoubtedly forced to be reckoned with. But I will agree with you that France, to me, I think are a team that just I don't know. They are. They They've just got it offensively. That team cannot be stopped. Filthy. They they have been absolutely filthy. Like they are just rolling over people. The Netherlands look really strong too. Honestly, the South American teams to me they don't look very exciting. They just don't. You know, you know the, one, the one South American team that I will put money on today, if you ask Jamal Gardner, who would you put money on to at least advance to the semifinals? Because I'm not going to be that ambitious to say they'll make it to the finals. I think as a little cluster of the brackets, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Uruguay, I wouldn't be surprised if Colombia goes all the way to represent that, that quarter of that. Clarify, it's, uh, it's groups. We're not, not March Madness, it's, it's groups. <laughs> It's the cluster of the, the section of games, around a 16, because Colombia has to play Uruguay on June 28th. Winner faces Brazil, Chile, which I am calling, and I'll say this again on Friday, Chile will beat Brazil because they hate the Brazilians more than the Brazilians hate them. I think Colombia... No, Brazil, Brazil, Colombia, Colombia Brazil, Brazil really? won't lose to Chile. Oh, Brazil won't lose to Chile. Brazil has... Okay, I agree with you that Colombia, I think, is a team that can get far. Columbia, they they kick butt and then two great dances and they score. 
Yeah, they're terrific. They're, they're exciting. Well, well, Fernandez, he does a little dance in the corner. It's like, yeah, man, this is the last for you guys. <laughs> they are really fast. They're fast. Uruguay they're going to be Uruguay. Team, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if they're on the right now, I think I think they are, and I think just on the strength that Uruguay to me just they're missing that little spark. They're missing that spark they had four years ago. I, I think if they get past Colombia, I could see Uruguay going really far. Just just because experience, they've got the players that do so. They've got Suarez, they've got Cavani, you know, they've got players that can can really make a difference. I think, but to me, I just don't think they have that same spark like they did four years ago. They're missing that that little bit of. Pizzazz, I think, which which they're lacking. But Colombia are just unbelievable. They're dynamic. I I will say that Brazil beats Chile just on the strength that, despite Brazil not playing well, it's into the knockout stages, and this is this is now for them a real real test. And you know they'll show up to play. It, it won't be a pretty game by far. There's definitely going to be a red card or two. But I will say that well, they for, for, for pride for pride's sake, you know, this is this one or go home now. Oh, exactly, and I think Chile. Chile's a good team. Like I said, it's not going to be an easy game. Brazil, in the last times they played Chile, they've beaten them like, I think two one. I think they beat them maybe two two zero in in, in two thousand forty. I know they beat them like three three zero in ninety eight. So I mean, they've played them a few times and they've beaten them. They've beaten them every time. Yeah, people are saying, well, this Chile side is different. They're 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 stronger. They're 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 better. I think they're more organized. It's, which isn't really fair to say because I think the 98 group had Zamorano and Salas, and they had, this, this dy- they had such a dynamic group, and they were really strong and a good team. But I just don't see this Chile team. Like, this Chile team has done really well, but I just don't know if they can bounce back from that loss to the Netherlands because I think the Dutch played a really really good game tactically. They worked really hard and were able to catch them on the counters. And Brazil loves it to just – Brazil loves catching people on the counters. They love getting the ball down. They love playing. And I just don't see them being a team that – Especially in the knockout stages, gets they they won't lose. They won't lose like in the in the round of sixteen. That's just unBrazilian. Just for that, for sake of history, June twenty seventh in Paris, Brazil beat Chile four one. You know, ESPN will be all over that. Like, well, uh, as we transition from the live issue of Fanatic Radio Woke Up Show Part Episode three, we'll go to the, uh, the special iTunes edition where we will continue to break down the round of 16 games. So far, eight of the 16 teams are met. We're still waiting for groups F, E, H, and G, even though it's completely in the wrong order. So far, the easiest path, we mentioned the uh, the, the all-South American section of this of the final bracket, round of 16 bracket, Brazil versus Chile, and Colombia versus Uruguay on June 28th. June 29th, features in Mexico taking on the Netherlands. Netherlands, it could go two ways. We could see the Mexico team that took Brazil to a nil-nil draw, one of the best ties I've ever seen in soccer. Or, as John Gardner, I think you will side with it, this is a Netherlands team that can use anyone and everyone to score and take full advantage of El Tree. Oh, they're gonna kill Mexico. <laughs> there's, there's not even a doubt in my mind. By how bad is the question? Four one, three zero. Three one. I'm gonna give it three zero. I don't think I don't think Mexico's gonna score. Even with even with Pletra and, and Dos Santos. No. One thing Mexico does. This is, I'm 100 percent 100 percent siding with this. Mexico, they'll try to be physical. The only problem is Netherlands. Just, Netherlands just got off playing a game against Chile, who's probably more physical than the Mexicans. So if Netherlands is gonna is going to see this and just be like, you know, we've seen worse. And then Iron Robin's going to whip it in Van Percy. Van Percy returns some of the yellow card suspensions. So, yeah. Like, let's, let's think about it. They, they, they sort of, they, they were at walking pace against Chile. 
they, the Dutch are going to kill, they'll, they'll kill Mexico. Mexico had a good run. They really, really, I wouldn't say overstayed their welcome, but they have been very, very gracious to all their chances and the opportunities that they've gotten. They're out. There's no way the Netherlands are going to lose to Mexico. And people are going to be like, oh, the Dutch, you know, Mexico's so good. Mexico's, Mexico's, all, Mexico's playing all right. They got it right when it really mattered, but no, 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 I don't think that this is the end of the line for Mexico. The Dutch are just too strong. They have such a they have such a dynamic side. They're such strong runners, physical. They're tactical. They're gonna they're cruise through that game. And then seeing this really confidently, and people are probably gonna say, "Oh, you know, you can't, can't assume that." You'll know. No, no, trust me. The Dutch are not gonna. The Dutch understand what to do when they get to the knockout stages. This is gonna be a quick and easy exit for Mexico. There's just no doubt. Well, the Dutch. No, Dutch no. Can- do, do as, Dutch can do as well as run the table and take it to the semifinals. And if they beat Mexico, they'll face the winner of Costa Rica, Greece. Basically, the, the Dutch have faced the toughest opponents that they'll face this entire World Cup, with the exception of another highly ranked European side, because they faced South African bloodshed of Chile. They faced the defending champs in Spain. They faced, you know... A, a team like Australia, a team Australia with a lot of heart and uh, they're, blue they're favorites. So they're definitely, definitely a resilient Australian. So I'm right along. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, two things that said for Australia, for England, three games and a win. It's just not right. You just don't. It just doesn't. When I hear World Cup, you just don't associate a World Cup with an England and Australia team. What an Australia team that doesn't get a point. Even in a tough section like that, you'd at least think they would get a draw. And if England side that finishes last in their group, they were saying the last time England finished last in any competition was in 1988. That was the year they played that one team in the preseason, like the World Cup game, and it was like a, like a wreck time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you mentioned teams of, of being synonymous with the round of 16 of powerhouses of the Dutch and you know, eventually the Germans and 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 Brazil, the host nations, another team that could easily be added to this round of 16 by the time we're finished with group play on Thursday night is Algeria. For American fans, and that was a team that got eliminated from the group play when Landon Donovan scored. Uh, one of the greatest goals in U.S. history, which I don't know why. It was just a follow-up and rebound. Yeah, I scored those in my rec days as well. Algeria had a chance to run the table. That literally was, that was probably, well, I wouldn't say the greatest goal in American history because I'm sure beating England in the 1950s was a better goal. But that was a or Dempsey's goal against Bob Green. No, I mean, England in the 1950s, <laughs> in Bella Horizonte, they made a movie off it. They didn't make a movie off of Donovan's goal, but that put us in a round yes. of history. We won the group. We were in the group. Like, that's, that's a great accomplishment, especially, like, the way we started and played that, that tournament. That was a pretty sweet goal. you got to admit, that was, that was awesome. Like, everybody, everybody, yeah. everybody who was alive knows that they were in that ass. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> I know, right? The whole country was. Now Algeria has a chance. They, so they have, they're in the same situation as Cote d'Ivoire was. Ironically, another African side going up against another pretty shallow European side. We saw Ivory Coast lose to Greece today when Greece scored on a penalty kick in the 90th minute. Now Algeria has the same uh, issues face as they faced also, as they faced Mala Russia and Fabio Capello's team, who has looked willful this, this World Cup campaign. But they, they are the last game in, I guess they're the last game, because Group H, yeah, the very last game of group stage 
could see the winner of that. Russia has to win and go through. Would you see a similar thing from what we saw of the Ivory Coast Greece game in which Russia finally puts it all together and advances to the knockout round? You know what? I will I will say yes. I really do. I think Algeria they've they've sort of had an interesting tournament. I think they really struggled against the Belgians, even though they really took them down to the wire. Algeria to me never looked convincing in that game. They never looked like they were going to get all three points. You just knew that the Belgians were going to somehow find a way. And I just feel like against Korea, they came out flying. But they, <laughs> Korea, I mean, I wouldn't say made the game, but they came out flying that game. Everything went right. Every chance, every opportunity fell their way. It was their game to win. I don't know now when you come when it comes down to it in the end of the day, especially Russia coming into it. Russia, I think are I don't want it to be because to be fair, like I would like to see Algeria uh, advance just because Algeria they they've worked so hard and they they've to me shown a lot of a lot of improvement. But I just don't see them getting it right. I have a feeling that Russia will come out and play just out of their minds and I think Russia gets Russians. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't know if Algeria, if Algeria will be like sort of hung over from that result. You know, they've, they've had a fantastic result. They put themselves in such a great position, and I just don't know if they can, if they can go about it. If they can just go about this game against Russia as, as a normal game, I don't, I don't know if, if they'll be able. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they'll be able to just. Yeah, because they, one, they, they scored first against the Belgian team that, that, that basically, you know. Pull, you know, got got their head out of their ass to to advance out of the script to win two games. So eventually they 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 did it. Algeria scored that first that first goal against them, and then had a uh, they're on an emotional high. Thing is, they do it a third time. That's the question. That's a lot, a lot of teams are sort of concerned about is can this little African nation put it together for a third consecutive time and and win, not just winning four one whatever they did against Korea or against the Koreas, but. That face Russia. I could easily see Russia win as well, because Shaka Capel is, you know, as goofy as he is, and as 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 poorly as the team has looked, you know, he's got to have something saved. It has to be something. Yeah, you know, ball to the wall, throw it all. I'll throw it to the wall and hope it sticks. Because I could easily see Russia hanging in there and winning like a one-zero game, two-one game. Yeah. Something yeah when like I was that. watching this Russia, when I was watching this Russia team, one thing that was on my mind was this team was just is. is Throwing the, this World Cup away because they already know they're guaranteed 2018. So it's just, oh, let's just get these guys as much experience as possible to keep the same squad together for 2018. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say like go to the World Cup thinking that in the back of mind. You go in there to, to do the best you can and to try to win. But I mean, yeah, certainly that's something that I wouldn't say on their mind. But I mean, it's, it's something that we like to talk about. Is, as as the pundits like to talk about, just because. You think about it, Capella's contract extended through that World Cup. He's got a chance to build. This team to me, I just this I don't I don't understand his, his decision in keeping all Russian players. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, these players are, are pretty solid and they they have had pretty you know, they've had really successful careers in Russia. But I just don't see why you wouldn't bring in a Pavel Pogremniak for Reddit who plays in English plays English football. Bring in some of the players that play in Germany. Maybe I would even say a a Dimitri Sichet. He's had experience. He's old, but he's he plays overseas. He's got experience. Marat Ismailov, who plays in in Portugal. I mean, I just don't see 
you need to have a little bit of dynamics. I don't, I don't agree with having a, an all-Russian team, unless that's what he's building for the future, because these players aren't even future-based. A lot of these guys are in their late 20s. They'll be in their 30s by the time the next World Cup's around. And, I mean, will they really have that, that punch that they need? But I think they, I do feel like they, they, they beat Algeria, because I just don't see Algeria maintaining that sort of – they're on too much of, an, I think, an emotional high. They had such a, a great result against South Korea. I mean, unless unless they can surprise us all, I just don't see I don't see Russia losing this game. I just see Russia coming in, taking a very workmanlike approach to it, and getting a result. But if I was that, if I was Vahid Halihodzic, I'd keep the same squad for Algeria. I wouldn't change a thing. I would go with the same with the same lineup against South Korea. He changes his squad. He, he shot himself in the foot. Well, if if Algeria does advance, and depending on what happens with uh, your boys in Nigeria? I think it's the, I believe it's the first time ever that two African squads made the uh, the knockout round. Because going back in history, round of 16 in 2010, Ghana was the only team that made it then. And um, we'll go further back as 2006 to see if two African sides made it. Could you believe that? I uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. 2006, let's see, no Africa, Ghana once again, the only African side to make it. We're not digging back to 2002, back when all was good in the world soccer. I don't think, I don't think that's ever happened. Even I would say, no, because I don't think, I think most of the time, usually it's just one team that gets through. Yeah, 2002 was Senegal. This is the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, this is an Ag Radio exclusive, that two African squads will make the round of 16. Nigeria did it in 1998. Cameroon did it in 95. Cameroon did it in 90. Yeah, first think, time two African just, teams. They're, just, they're definitely waving the torch. They're, they're, they're carrying the torch to Africa. To, so, that means, so that means, ladies and gentlemen, as of now, depending on, and we'll get to our final topic of the night, Pending now, the teams that will advance. So, uh, tons of South American teams, very few European teams, which makes John Gardner very sad, and two CONCACAF teams, and then two African nations. It's it's so, a bit more soccer. What would you say? What does, that, what does that What does that say for the game of soccer? Man, I think it's growing. It. I wouldn't say it's growing, but I think it's definitely. Um, it's it's a a good way I guess to I mean people will certainly carry this torch as saying oh well, look at this great like accomplishment and it is it truly is a, a unique accomplishment in which all the all the representations are, are there's not just a dominant representation of Europe South America and maybe uh, you know Canada I mean that's really that's really some accomplishment if that would if this, all this stuff would have fallen into place. Because it, it shows that the game is, is, is growing. It's that it's sort of, I wouldn't say it's teams are evening out, but more sides, I think, are different continents are starting to sort of find their place in the world, where it wasn't so much one-sided, where it's not at all like the European or South American uh, spin to a tournament. I mean, it certainly adds a different dimension. You have two African teams potentially that are doing well, two CONCACAF teams. That's a big, big opportunity for CONCACAF. It's huge. That's a huge honor for Africa. I don't know if any Asian sides. I don't think Australia's out, Japan's out, Korea's really the last 
the last hope, and I ran. I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's it's a it's a great honor. It's a great opportunity, and I think for the game itself, it's certainly showing that you know it's it's growing and it's improving in a lot of countries that we sort of we used to scoff at back in the day. Yeah, last time last time we seen a wild last time we saw a wild bracket was in 1994 when Bulgaria went all the way to the third place game, and then we had Nigeria facing Baggio and, and uh, Italy, and then we had our good friend Saudi Arabia taking on Sweden in the in the round of 16. So that's one of the last lopsided World Cup we've seen. Good for the game of soccer. I don't like it because. You know, it's very. It's, it shows, uh, in, in light of all people's corruptness, uh, it's 100 percent true, and evidence proves it. As I get to our final topic of the night, before we uh, sign off for this uh, World Cup episode number three of Fanatic Radio, Group G stands for God. When is this group going to finally end? As a, as as the BBC says, America, land of the free, home of the hot dog, and the gushingly emotional, have jumped on the USA bandwagon in a must get a point to advance or face dire consequences of the ugly goal differential system the United States takes on DOS Germany on Thursday, June 26th at 11 p.m. for for, for an early brunch for you USA fans. Meanwhile, at the exact same time, Portugal takes on Ghana, who is somehow clawed its way back into even getting a shadow of a doubt to advance John Gardner, the United States, the past two times we have faced Germany, was recently in D.C. last summer when we won 4-3 to because Germany had their second squad and a 1-0 defeat down in Korea when we faced them back in 2002. This game has a lot of implications. Jurgen Clemson is facing his old boys. And guys such as Jermaine Jones, Fabian Johnson, John Brooks, Jimmy Chandler, and all our German-Americans are facing guys that they've grown up, played with, and have known their entire lives. Germany team has won 4-0 against Portugal. Struggled against the Ghana team who we beat. What are, there, are possible, there are a billion scenarios, but John Gardner, if you were coaching the United States, what would be your pregame speech? What would be your tactics to at least salvaging a point against Germany? Um, it's really tough. That's a tough, a tough ask. I mean, I would probably go about saying if I was Jordan Clemson and I, and I was at this stage, I would go in probably with the same mentality that we've had throughout the entire tournament. You know, just keep keep organized, stay compact defensively. I, I would probably go about saying, don't expect to see a lot of the ball. <laughs> so when we get the ball, so, so USA fans should expect a lot of the Ghana game where we have about thirty percent of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I think I think Jurgen Klinsmann will get his tactics right. He's, you're, I, I trust what Jurgen is doing. Even though I don't agree with some of the players that he selected, I trust what he's going to do. He knows the German system. He understands kind of where we're sitting right now and what we need to do. I don't think if the U.S. fans, the U.S. fans, and the fans that just watch soccer because it's the, it's the World Cup and every four years they decide to show up. Don't expect to see a lot of goals or attacking football from on our end. It's not going to happen. We'll probably sit in and defend like we did against Ghana. That's the best way to go about it. I don't, I don't see the U.S. outpossessing Germany. I certainly don't see the U.S. trying to break the Germans down because Germany are just too good. And I think Germany now, they, they sort of have, I wouldn't say they're backstreet against the wall, but they're not. They're, I, don't, I don't think they, they got the result they wanted to against Ghana. 
So I think to them, it's definitely going to be a game where they need to go out and, and start to sort of revamp the like revamp and recapture the style and the emotion that they had on the first day going into this round of 16. So they'll definitely come out, you know, they're going to come out fighting. They're going to come out flying. I think, you know, defensively we just need to be compact, organized, keep our shape, try and, and, and counter when we can and try to keep the ball when we, get, when we can. You know, not, not, let's not give it away. Let's not, let's not just launch it in the corner and, and try to chase after it. But I, think, I just don't know. I mean, that's the best way to go about it. I don't think you can really do much else. I, I think, you know, it's, it was an unlucky result against Portugal. Certainly, you know, we, we could sit here and skew over that all night. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Jurgen Klinsmann, I mean, he, I'm sure these guys understand the, the magnitude of this game. But, again, in the same breath, you know, you just got to go out and play and do the best you can. You got to go out and play your game and hope that, you know, everything works out. And, quote, Matt Damon, who was uh, Francois Pinar in the great movie Invictus, when asked, you know, are you thinking about tomorrow? He's like, no, tomorrow's already taken care of. It's, it's, the game's already taken care of. It's just about going out and doing the best you can and hoping that everything works. Because the game's already been taken care of. It's been decided. Now we just have to see what So, so the answer is rolled out for this game. If you're cleanser and you keep the same lineup that you started against Portugal. Yeah, I would probably keep the same lineup. I no changes. I wouldn't change anything. There wasn't anything really to change. Maybe my only know. change I, I is my only change is Discarood instead of Graham Zuzi. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't see that as being a bad change. Certainly, I think just on the strength that yeah, it, it's a more defensive-minded change, and I think he brings a bit more of composure and experience to an international flair as opposed to Graham Zuzi. Sporting KC certainly. You know, Graham Zuzi's not getting that. That World Cup-like experience playing against, you know, Houston Dynamo or the Portland Timbers on a weekday basis. Oh, he looked, he looked so out of control against Portugal. Low Graham well, Zuzzi, great player. But he's, he's that first 30 Chicago. minutes. Go ahead. That first 30 minutes, he was he was out of control. Every corner kick was overshot. But, you know, you got to, I, guess you, I guess you start him. Him or Discord. Um, and Al Hunter would always got to get more involved. That dude's done nothing. You know, he's, he's there. He's just he's filling the space in the field. The only problem is they don't go to his side. And I, and I do not blame Al Hunter but a lot because that is all 100% to Marcus Beasley because Fabian, everything is on the Jermaine Jones, Fabian Johnson side because those are the only guys that are willing to go forward. Poor Marcus Beasley, you know, skin and bones. That guy doesn't go forward. So that's Al Hunter but doesn't get the ball. So Al Hunter but is always the first to get taken out because he never does anything. So I'm going to predict it. Uh, that's so we'll talk a little bit more of Germany, U.S. towards the end. Ghana, Portugal, the bloodbath for Ghana doing everything they can, or does Portugal finally turn it around and put a gleamer of hope on thus in a pretty embarrassing World Cup campaign? Um, <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. I don't know. I don't think Portugal gets it right. I, honestly, Ghana's playing really well, and I think they're so definitely they definitely grown a bit of confidence after. The Germany game, they haven't played poorly. Ghana has been a very good side, and if Portugal, I don't think this Portugal side to me is just not. They have, they are not looking like a, a strong team. They're not looking like a team that is going to advance. They just don't. They they have, they just they look deflated. They look labored. They don't look very strong. 
they, I don't know, they just, they don't look organized. They look very, like, sort of hectic. And, and, and I do think a lot, of, a lot of it has to go off of the result against Germany. I think that's still playing in the back of their mind. No, I don't. I don't see them turning it around. Much like Spain. Yeah, I think. I think this tournament for them has just been. It's certainly been unfortunate. They've picked up injuries where, it, you know, they picked up key injuries. Sadio Kanchao, who's so, who's so dynamic and electric on the on, on the wing, he is injured. Hugo Almeida, who's a, who's a forward that's really strong, is a good player. He's injured. He's out. Pepe picked up a red card. He comes back into the squad. Certainly, you know, so it maybe shore up some things defensively, but. I just don't think, for me, the this Portuguese side has really looked as dynamic and explosive and exciting like people thought. Ronaldo has not had a very good World Cup. I don't think it's going to change overnight. You know, he's, he's, people are they're talking about his thigh or whatever he's got injured. Whatever he's knee injury. Whatever injury he's getting. Yeah, yeah no, leg injury, knee injury, heart injury, I don't know. But I, and and I, guess I think it kind of goes back to, goes back to what Ian Dark said about the Spanish team. They're they're on they're on such a high after such a real especially the Real Madrid players such a high after a terrific season they've won the Champions League they've they've had a really tough been a tough final week to the season where Atletico Madrid ended up winning the, winning the Spanish league but they they had a very long and, and, and arduous season you look at the Real Madrid players Luka Modric didn't have a very good tournament for Croatia Ronaldo hasn't had a good tournament. none of the Spanish players from Real Madrid played had played well. It's been a, it's a long season. Football is a tough game. And like Ian Dark said, to come off of a high of winning a Champions League final in the way they did and a very tough league campaign, to try and come back down and then revamp and refocus for a World Cup, it's very difficult. And even the best don't get it right. And so for me, I just don't think this Portuguese side, because of the – I think the dynamics that they've had throughout this entire group, the, rock, the injuries, the Rocky campaign, I don't think they win. I think Ghana wins. Because Ghana, to me, has nothing to lose. Played really well and will certainly grow off of confidence for that. Ghana's going to be Portugal. There's just, no, I don't think, there, there's a big doubt. I think Ghana will be Portugal. I could, I, for us, for United States fans, Portuguese have to hope that Ghana ties. Otherwise, it makes our chances worse. Final score prediction you have for the U.S. Germany? Two zero. Germany. It's good for the United States uh, if two, the Ghana has to win at least one zero because it gets down to goal differential. I've seen this United States team, and ever since we started our first game against Azerbaijan, every single game has been a stair step preparing us for this game. Ironically, it is full circled because it's Azerbaijan, Turkey, Nigeria. Ghana, Portugal, Germany. I would not be surprised. And, of course, we still have a whiff of the Bob Bradley with us. We don't think the United States can do this. Even Closer knows what he's doing. I think he's outcoached a lot of the guys he has gone up against in terms of strategy and, and, and encouraging his team. Because somehow, somewhere, United States finds a way. I think the U.S., because Germany will play some of its subs because they already know they're going to advance. I can see the United States tying Germany. I mean, I would like to be up. And maybe, maybe, no, maybe, maybe I need to be more optimistic in this sense. I would love to see the U.S. finish the result. A tie would be fantastic. I would, I would, I would be over the moon with that result. I just don't know how, how the U.S. is going to be. Because, well, actually, you know, to be fair, I think, to be fair, though, and I, I will agree I will with you on this, I think we showed a lot of character to come back against a, a Portuguese side and certainly we should have lied down. Exactly. 
I, I will say that I, I agree with you on that. I do think that this team has the capabilities to really give Germany a good game. We may end up losing, but I would rather lose one zero and fight than to get crushed. And it's even right. if, if we lose, if we lose, it'll be a one goal deficit. We, I don't see us. This team's too good to get. This team is too good to get drummed. I would not be surprised. I don't think the United States can win. Prove me wrong, U.S., but I could see a tie. This team has what it takes to at least hang with Germany, at least through about 70 minutes till the wheels fall off the bus. <laughs> but hopefully by then, the game will be, the game will be sort of in a, in a flow. It'll be in a sort of a slowed-down rhythm since both teams realize kind of what they need to do. Right, I'm just praying that Germany sort of just, just gives up halfway through. But that'll do it for this episode of Snack Radio, World Cup Edition, Week 3. We've talked group stage. Next time we are on, we are talking knockout round, leading you up to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and eventually the World Cup final. But we will not be uh, at the American Now because our budget does not allow it. But once again, check out the main show on Friday, 4 to 5 Eastern, on blogtalkradio.com, bflip360.com. John Gardner, thank you for joining me. Uh, love to do this again next week. Once again, Mike Gardner, your host. This is Fanatic Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.